0: So this QR code, right, we have a box out in the hallway. We have a box in the front. We have BridgepointTC.com, and we also have Faithlife as far as giving goes. But this link right here, if you pull out your phone and scan that link, it'll take you to everything involved with Bridgepoint Church. It will take you to the, I think it's called the tree, the tree. Right, and it's not just about giving, but it, it's messages that the church puts out. It's everything involved with Bridgepoint Church. You will find on that tree, right there. And if if you don't scan it now, somebody could pull that up on their phone, and you could scan it off of their phone, also. Right, because the Lord clearly says be a cheerful giver. Right, this morning you could definitely be a cheerful giver because the youth's got some leftover goodies in there. You can also give to that, uh, grandpa, grandpa Chuck. He put out a challenge to all the adults also, right? He donated $20 to it, and he said he challenges all the adults to donate $20 to the youth. So that's his challenge to everyone. So just be obedient. We, you know, it is. It's a, part of your, it's a heart condition. It's not a demand. It's not a command. It's all about the heart. And when you're a cheerful giver from the heart, the Lord says, I will bless it abundantly. So, you know, pastor's been preaching on honor right? Honor. And I've heard another pastor say, honor is how you gain access. We all want to gain access to, to heavenly blessings, right? And the only way to do that is through honor. We must honor. And one of my favorite stories of honor is the story of Elijah and Elisha. Okay. Um, Elijah was a prophet, a mighty prophet, and he anointed Elisha. And Elisha did twice the miracles and had twice the spirit of Elisha. And and that doesn't mean that Elijah wasn't as bad because Elijah didn't even talk to God when he commanded something. He said, it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. This is how bad Elijah was. But one thing I found is in 2 Kings 3.11, it says, but Jehoshaphat said... Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Okay? What I want you to understand about this is Elisha poured water on Elijah's hands for 13 years before receiving the double blessing of the Lord. We 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 can't even serve ten minutes and, and don't understand why we're not being blessed by God. We gotta understand that it takes honor. It took thirteen years before Elisha saw any power from the Lord. Right. So we got to know that honor is how we gain access. And if we will honor the Lord, Jesus taught us this. Jesus taught us that honoring the Lord, submitting to the Lord is the only way to be exalted by him. You can exalt yourself. You can stand up and say, look what I did. Look how great I am. But the Bible says that that is the only reward. You will receive is that honor. But when you submit yourself, when you kneel humbly before the Lord, he says he will lift you up. And that's exactly what he did to Jesus. When Jesus submitted and took the torture and the pain, the the Lord said, the word says that his name is above every other name. Every knee shall bow to the name of Jesus Christ because he endured something that we have not and cannot. So say this. We are living and leading the God first life.
1: Take you back off that for two seconds. Mima and I were talking about something recently and it's the spirit that feeling like you're alone and like nobody cares about you, it's not true because if you have nothing else, you have every person in this room. Okay, all it takes is a text message or a call because nobody knows that you're suffering. Nobody knows that you're hurting. Nobody knows that you feel alone unless you say something. So you have to have the power and God's blessing to be able
2: to step over that spirit and just claim that and know that it's not anything that anybody has done. It's the devil trying to attack you that morning when you don't feel like getting up for church. That's the morning you need to be at
1: church because that means something's going to happen. So I just I didn't know who else needed to hear that, but I just felt like I needed to be reminded of that. You're not alone. All it takes is one text message. Just kidding, y'all, sorry. (laughs)
2: face shine upon you and be gracious His presence from before you and behind you and beside you and around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening and you're going and you're going in the weekend rejoicing he's for you he's for you he's for you he's for, you, he is for it's for you, it's for you, it's for you, it's for you, it's for you. He's for you.
1: Good morning. Glad to see everyone today. So glad you're in the house of the Lord. I I trust that each of us had a wonderful day Thursday and maybe even Friday and Saturday. Uh, How many people have with your family with your families on Thursday and ate lots of too much, maybe a little bit too much. I know I did. I I was in a deep, deep, deep uh, turkey coma by about three thirty. I mean, it was bad and and so Friday we went uh went out and did a little shopping, fought the mess a little bit, had a good time with that me and Rebecca, but then also yesterday was able to be with uh, uh Rebecca's family and uh watch a little bit of that heart uh that heart throbbing Alabama game that like that gave me a heart attack. And, uh, so, uh, <laughs> it was one of those days and we've just had an amazing weekend. You know, we have a lot to be grateful for. We have a lot to be grateful for in our country. And I think we often, often are being pointed to the fact that there's so much going on that we f- don't, we don't realize that we still live in the greatest country in the world. We still live in a place where we still have freedoms to this point. We still have the right to, to, uh, to, to celebrate, to worship, to, to come into the house of the Lord. And, it's, it, you know, this is not a mandate that you have to do this, but it is absolutely a privilege and an honor to have, the, to have the right to come into the house of the Lord and to celebrate all that he's done for us, right? I think we just need to stand up, because I just don't think this morning that we've done a good enough job of just showing some gratefulness to the Lord. <laughs> I just, I you know, I mean, in your own way, we need to let the Lord know, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right? And y'all sit back down. Listen, this morning, you need to get ready. You need to get your calisthenics. If you haven't stretched, you need to stand up. Do a little sh- shaking a little stretching because you're not going to be sitting down the whole time not if i have anything to do with it this morning i i think we need to you know sometimes when you get in that turkey coma you got to get up and do a little exercise so you can get get it get the shake off a little bit and so this morning uh i just want to continue i'd made up my mind that last week was the last week of the level up series say this with me take your neighbor say it's time to level up again it's time to level up again, though. Something came to me this week that I felt like the Lord laid on my heart. Next week, we're going to be starting a new series that's called Arrival, and we're going to be celebrating throughout the whole season about what God has done through us through his son, Jesus, and we're going to let the world know and every person that we come in contact with just how grateful we are for the arrival of Jesus Christ, right? Because without him, none of us would have opportunity to be saved. Without him, none of us would be even be in a position to uh, celebrate anything, And so because of Jesus, because he came, we have uh, his arrival changed the world forever. I mean, because he showed up on the scene on this planet. Are you hearing me this morning? It changed our lives forever. He gave us opportunity beyond the grave, beyond this life. We have opportunity in this life because of his arrival. And we want to celebrate that. But we're going to level up one more time. One more time this morning. Have you enjoyed this series as I've been preaching it to you? Okay, let me ask you something then, if you've enjoyed it, how many of you actually have put the things into practice that we've talked about? I, mean, I, I got a question for you, because last week we talked about honor, right? We talked about, you know, uh, the, the, the secret socks. We talked about the, the way that you would uh, put something out there that may not seem like you're getting anything back for it, but you just do it because it's the right thing to do. And you know that, like Ronnie said this morning, that when we honor, we get access. So how many of you woke up this morning, this, this week, every morning, enthusiastic about who and what you were going to give honor to. Yep, that's what I thought. (laughs) See, it doesn't do any good for me to get up here and preach my heart out. It doesn't do any good for me to get up here and read the word. It doesn't do any good if when we leave here on Sunday morning, the things that have been put out here. See, I'm not up here talking just for fun. I was, um, uh, I've got a young man that started working with me, and he he's brand new at what we do. And, and our job is what I do. I'm a heat straightener out at Ingalls. And what I do is through taking heat and water and air, I shape steel. I make, I make steel do things that it wouldn't do if it was just sitting there. So we, we shrink it. It tightens things up, and it makes it kind of like instead of floating out sheetrock, it pulls it out. But there's procedures that you do to make it do certain things. But even in that, you can follow the procedure sometimes and it not do what you want it to do. You, you don't get the result you're looking for, the thing you're wanting to happen. And so this young man, uh, he's been working on a on a deck for about two weeks. And he's been up there and he's been running the frames like I taught him. He's been spotting things out like I taught him. He, fight it out and like I taught him but the steel has not been moving and so what he does is because he's followed the procedure he hasn't come to know that there's a purpose for the procedure and so even though he's following the procedure it may not have accomplished the purpose yet but he'll move on to the next spot even though he's done what he what he thought to do it hasn't accomplished what it was supposed to do see I can get up here and preach And I can give all these things to you. I can follow the procedure of laying out the word of God. But if there's no result from it, I can't move on. I can't move on to the next spot that needs to be straightened. I can't move on to the next thing that needs to happen. Because the point of communication, the point of speaking the word to you every Sunday is that when you leave here, you apply it. And through the application of the word, through the, there becomes a level up in your life, a power, a strength, something that changes in you. That when you leave here, you act, you do something different. And because you do that. You, you have more power in your life. You see results. You see things take place, and you have to be willing to do that. So I want you to know this morning that you, you have to be willing to understand what I'm telling you when I tell you when you come to your but God moment, that you have to be willing to exercise your faith a little bit. You got to believe God. You got to praise God, and you have to expect that what you 're praying for already happens or in that message i've just thrown out a bunch of words that didn't get above the ceiling if you haven't made up in your mind that your heart and your mind need to be aligned if you haven't if you haven't taken Sunday morning and left here and nothing changed in you then this has all been in vain it's been of no uh, no profit has been of no good. It's, it's a waste of time. See, we, we, we have these things that we put out there that the word of God tells us to do. But if we don't apply them to our life, and let, I think it's much more than it being something that we, we apply to our life. It has to be something that when we come to the house of God, we're excited about the thing that God's going to give us because we know that we look with anticipation about the application because the application is going to bring about change in us. It'll bring about a change in your life. It'll level you up. It'll get you power for the next level, for the next season. It'll help sustain you in this season. There's nothing that's more frustrating to a pastor than to know that he's preached a message or series of messages over a period of time. And then someone comes to them and they're struggling with a circumstance or a situation in their life and 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 they and they ask them, Well, have you applied these principles to your life? And they say, No. That's that's extremely frustrating. I just want you to know that this morning, that I'm not up here talking for my good. I'm not up here talking to you or sharing with you this morning because I have an expectation that nothing is going to take place. See, the word of God tells us when the word goes forth, that it will not come back void. There's going to be change that's going to take place, and you need to embrace it with the attitude that God has changed for you in your life, you know? level up process of a level up thing that we've talked about throughout this season is that it's one of if you've ever played a video game but not just video games there's other types of things that you can go to the next level and the next level and the next level I was watching the Alabama game yesterday and there's a lot of young men that started out doing certain things in in little league football so they could get to the next level of high school football and they started doing things in high school football so that they could go to college football. And there's a lot of the young men that are in college that are doing things right now because they ambi- have ambition to go pro one day and to make it their way of life. They've done things throughout their life so they can level up to the next level. See, we've become complacent in our lives sometimes being satisfied that where we are is good enough. What's happened in our life, uh, it was enough, Ronnie, that Jesus saved me. It was enough that he, uh, and I. yeah, that's all I needed, yeah. But that's not what the purpose he created me for. He created me for so much more than just survival. I didn't come, wasn't brought into this world just to maintain. I was brought into this world because I have a purpose that God has given me. And that strength that is in me must be one that I embrace growth every day. We must want to become more, uh, stronger in our faith, stronger in our belief, stronger in our worship, stronger in everything that we do. And I'm giving you principles that if you apply them, you'll see the fruit. Because when you honor, it's activation. It activates blessing in your life. It activates things in your life that you never thought possible. You can't necessarily do it with the motivation of receiving the blessing. In other words, I'm not going to honor people just because I know if I do, I'm going to receive blessing. But I want you to know this, that God has made a promise that when you do, he will send blessing your way. I'm just telling you today. So, again, I ask the question, who this week did the practice of honor in how, who did it in their daily life, their daily routine. They built it into their daily routine. Or did we roll out of bed in the morning in the same place that we were, feeling like we were still lost, things still weren't going to happen our way. I'm telling you, if you, come, if you don't come to the house of the Lord with expectation that God's going to do something, I know when you're out of this environment, outside of these four walls, when you roll out of the bed in the morning, you're not going to even come close to having expectation that God is going to do something in your life. You're, you come here on Sundays, to be equipped, to be equipped for the furtherance of the building of the kingdom, for the strength that God has given you to fulfill the purpose that he's given you. So this morning, I have a title for this message that I want to throw at you that is going to be one more thing or kind of three in one things that will help you level up. The title of this is Lighten Up, Brighten Up. And tighten up. Lighten up, brighten up, and tighten up. We take things way too serious sometimes. (laughs) We take things way too serious. As Christians, we should be the lightest, least heavy people on the planet. We should be walking around like we're always on a cloud. But we take things so. If, listen, let me tell you something about the circumstances in your life. 95% of the circumstances in your life, you have no way of controlling the outcome. There's nothing you can and oh, oh I'm so scared. I've got so much fear. There's so many things that are happening in my life that I just don't know what's gonna happen. And, and and we embrace the fear, we embrace the worry, we we become anxious and stressed out, and anxiety overtakes us, and all these things begin to overwhelm our lives, and we just hold on to them like 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 they're like they're precious gold, but we need to release them and let them go. And let God take that measure off of us because. The heaviness of it is more than we were ever created to bear. Philippians 4, 12 through 13, I love. It says this right here. I know what it is to be in need. Anybody in here can identify and say amen. I know what it is to be in need. Paul also wrote, he says, I know what it is to have plenty, though. I've been in positions in my life where I felt like I had an abundance. I had had enough. I, I, didn't, I wasn't worried about every little thing. But then he goes on to say, and I have learned the secret of being content in every situation. Whether full, well-fed, or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want. He goes on to say in verse 13, I, now everybody said this for me, I, I you're talking about you. Not me. You're not saying you, pastor, because, you know, you're the pastor and you're supposed to feel that way. You're supposed to act that way. You're supposed to stand that way. You're supposed. No, I'm telling you, you are putting a measure upon yourself that you were never intended to carry. Lighten up a little bit because it says I can do all things through Christ. In yourself, there will always be things that you're not able to accomplish. But when you had the muscle, when you had the power, when you had the strength, of Jesus standing with you and in you and even holding your arms up as you were worshiping. I'm telling you today, even in your darkest hour, when you feel like you couldn't raise your hands and your voice and the song that you sing doesn't even get above the ceiling. I'm here to tell you today that through Christ, all things are possible. All things are possible. Oh, in a chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 4, 24 verse 7 it says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. It doesn't say you might. When you trust God, when, you, when, you've, when you've lightened up, when you've taken it off of you, it says, Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone, listen to me now, that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him, uh, him that knocketh, it shall not it might, it shall be opened. Now, here's the struggle in that scripture for most people: the wait. The patiently waiting, for because when you stand, he ever stood at a door and knocked, click, 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 and nobody came to the door? A few minutes later, you ding-dong, ding-dong, nobody comes to the door. Bam, 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 nobody comes to the door. Before the door opens, right before you turn around and begin to walk off, and you get down to the bottom of the stairs, and somebody goes, Hello? See, so often we are not willing to wait on the Lord and allow him to work things out in a measure, in a way that it is both pleasing to the kingdom and for our good. Because he's working out both. Only he can work out the intricacies of bringing this thing to a conclusion and also bringing a blessing to your life all at the same time. So we must be patient and allow God to work it out. Isaiah 41 to 10 says this, right fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. So how do we get to a place where we lighten up a little bit? First of all, fear not. Fear not. And it says why you can fear not, for he is with you. And it says, be not dismayed, for I am your God. It says, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. We, we can lighten up because he will carry the burden for us. He will carry the thing for us. He will work it out on behalf of us who love him. That's who he is. Lighten up. Put carrying all the heaviness. You know, I think sometimes the... the uh, you know, in, in marriages, the things that, that get in between us and and get us to a place to where where we uh, we we argue or have these debates on a, head, on a It's because we've forgotten we need to lighten up. We start taking things like it's like personal, like it's this you know you, you, the, it's a personal attack or it's this pressure, and just lighten up. Know that the person that you're married to loves you and they want to, they're not trying to bring you bad stuff. Lighten up a little bit. Now, I'm not saying this that way in every circumstance, but I'll tell you this. I believe that if more relationships would go into a situation with the idea of, let's just lighten up, let's just lighten up a little bit, that they would never get to that other place of destruction and being departed and separated someone in that relationship got to a place where they just couldn't let it go they couldn't lighten up they couldn't let it take place let it understand i love this person they're not perfect but they are the person who god has placed me with so we need to fear not and we need to understand that We're not to be dismayed because God is working it out with his righteous hand. Proverbs 16 and 9 says this right here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not, listen, this is a level up moment. Do not lean on your own understanding. Man, I'm smart. Y'all know that? I'm a smart individual. I mean, I really am. Now, if you ask Bailey, I have issues with spelling. And sometimes I have issues with punctuation. And in some people's world that may tell you that I'm not smart. But guess what? Even in that situation, see I tell Bailey all the time cuz she's helping me on the way in love with my with my English and grammar and the things that I do when I write them and she helps me. And I tell her all the time, I say, you know, Bailey, that may not be proper communication, but it was effective communication because you knew what I was trying to say. See, I've come to the place where I understand that all that proper stuff sometimes gets in the way because I'm smart enough to realize that I don't necessarily need to lean on my own understanding, or Bailey's for that matter. I need to lean on the understanding of my Lord and my and my my God, my creator. I need to trust him with everything that I have. I was trying to be funny there. Y'all must be sleeping. I know what it was. A lot of y'all identify with me, don't you? You're like, yeah, I hear you, Pastor. I hear you, Pastor. I can't, I can't spell either. <laughs> uh and then autocorrect don't help because it miss all the things i spell right it changes it to the wrong thing sometimes <laughs> oh then now that you've lightened up it's time to brighten up james one two three three says count it all joy i'm helping you here you going through a bad situation lighten up and then brighten up how do you do that you count it all joy you count up every, everything, good and bad, count it as all joy. It says, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the, now this, see, this helps you count it all joy because you know what's happening here. You, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Oh, man, that helps me. That helped me right away because now I know why I'm going through this. I I can sustain it now that I know why. Sometimes we have problems with the why, not necessarily the what so much. Let me just give you a good, a good, and that scripture right there tells you the why. Every circumstance, every situation, nothing comes to you or against you that God has not already set up for your good. It brings about steadfastness. Why do we go through these things? Why do we face them? Psalms 30 and 5 says, For his anger lasts only a moment, for his favor lasts a lifetime. His anger lasts only a moment. Why can I be bright in the darkest situation? Because his anger. I'm so thankful that his anger only lasts for a moment. Let me tell you, every time God got angry with the nation of Israel he let them fall into dark times into captivity so that he could get their attention back when their attention turned back to him he would deliver them his anger didn't stay against him all the time he was only allowing things to come their way so he could get their attention see I'm telling you our God is a jealous God he wants your attention he wants to know that you're focused upon him that you're trusting him that you believing in him I'm here to tell you today if you're having a hard time with anything don't run from run to the father run to the father hallelujah for his anger lasts only a moment but his favor listen lasts a lifetime his favor lasts a lifetime weeping may stay for the night but rejoicing comes in the morning, the morning, not the morning, the morning. That's like this nighttime, in the morning, things are going to be here. It's going to turn around. We used to sing a song back, I guess it's been probably 15 years or more now, maybe longer than that, almost 20. Sunrise, I'm going to praise his name. Sunset, I'm going to praise his name. And we would praise him in the morning and we would praise him in the noontime. And we would praise him at night. And I'm here to tell you today, when you praise him, when you realize he's the, that's the why. Because he may be angry for a moment. You may be uh, a, a faithful servant of his and he may be angry at the world. And you may be enduring for a moment in a bad situation. But joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning, everybody. Do you hear? You've got something to be thankful for. You have something to show gratitude for. How do we do it? Well, if you look at Psalms 126, 5, it says, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. You know what? Sometimes I, I've, I've seen tears of sorrow. I've seen us have tears of sorrow, and tears of sorrow are okay when tears of sorrow are not about woe is me. See, tears of sorrow bring about humility that realizes that in myself there is nothing that I'm capable of. There's nothing that I can do. But I can stand up on the principle that joy comes in the morning. I can stand up the concept that I will stand and I will reap with songs of joy. Hey, praise team, just for a moment. If we're up here and we're singing these songs up here and we don't realize that every word that comes out of our mouth, it should be sung with a song of joy, if we're not if we're not worshiping or singing praise songs, hey congregation, same thing to you. If you're not singing the songs, sometimes I look out into the congregation and I, I look around, and it's like some people uh, kind of have this attitude that they could care less if we ever sang another song or not. They at, we sometimes we feel like, hey, let's just get past this part and get on to the. Other part, so we can get to the end part, so I can get to the lunch part and say I fulfilled my God part this week. That, that's that's not what this is all about. We we want we know that weeping is for a moment, and we want to reach songs of joy in every song when we sing. The more lean back into Him, when we talk about the blessing. That is a song, if you don't realize, that is right out of Scripture. It is like you are singing the word of God when you sing that song. Psalms 125, 5 through 6 says, For those who sow will reap. Those who who sow with tears will reap with songs of joys. Those who go out weeping carry a seed to sow. Carrying a seed to sow will return with songs of joy. Carrying sheaves with them. Listen. listen. <clears throat> the world has enough depression. It just does. There's enough sorrow in the world right now. Come into the house of the Lord to be filled up with songs of joy that when you go out weeping, You are carrying a seed to sow that will return songs of joy. Now, I read that to say this, that I have something inside of me that the world is aching to find. And I have an obligation to expose them to what's inside of me. And the word says that is lifting him up with my life. And scripture also says that when I lift him up, he will draw men unto himself. So when we lift him up, when we sow the seed, the song of joy will return. Let me tell you where the song of joy will return with the lost person that comes in these room, this room right here and gets saved. With that one that is hungry, finds food. When that one that is naked and needs clothing gets something fresh on their body. When a person who feels alone finds a new friend. When someone who feels like they've lost everything begins to become restored in every single way. That's a song of joy. And I'm telling you, that is found when we weep and sow seeds of joy outside of here. I think we've lost our understanding of what it means to have gratitude. To truly have thanks, a thankfulness in our heart. We've lost our mindset of what it means. We need to show joy with everything that we have. What, what is it? Well, in Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. He fills us. He shows us our path. So, listen, from this, what I am reading here is telling me that through my worship, through my praise, and through my willingness to sow seeds of joy, my path to my life is going to be made straight and be made known. It'll be filled with His presence. It'll be filled with His presence and with eternal pleasures. Feeling sorry for your circumstance and your situation are never going to be enough to bring you out of your circumstance and your situation. It's when you stand up and you realize that God is in control. And that we, we, it's time for us to sow the seeds of joy to the world. And our path, our path in life, and let me tell you something, your path in life is sometimes going to lead you to a place that feels like you're lost and alone and nobody's around and God can't be found, but it is only a test in a season to see if even in your season of loss, you still believe enough that when you step out of these four walls that you'll sow a seed of joy. Woe is me. I don't know what we're going to do. Let me tell you something. In this season right here, we're coming up on the Christmas season, the time where there are more people who need a joyful seed sown in their life than any other time of the year. There are more people that will feel alone in this season. There will be more suicides that will take place in this season than any other time this year. Unless the church stands up and realizes that we have been given our own mandate. And it's not the mandate for a shot, but it's the mandate to go outside of these four walls and sow a seed of joy so that the world can know that God is in control and nothing has caught him off guard Woo, that'll preach if i had a little more time i'd hang there for a while hallelujah and then the third thing i want you to get this morning is you need to tighten up but let me tell you where tighten up comes into play tighten up comes into play when you understand how to prioritize When you understand what it means to prioritize. To put the things in front that need to be in the front and the things that don't need to carry much weight to be done away with. Galatians 6 and 9 says this, and let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. See, we cannot give up. We cannot stop as much as we might want to because we may have just gotten to the place where the doorbell has been wrong enough to where the person that was inside is going to step to the door and he's going to open it up and he's going to bring us into abundance. Oh, y'all aren't getting this this morning. Sometimes we've been in the, in the lack for so long, we forget that God wants to bless his kids. And I'm not a prosperity preacher. I never have been. But I'm here to tell you right now that I do not believe that it is God's plan for us to walk around all the days of our lives feeling like we have nothing. I just, I just don't believe that. I believe if we hold on, if we prioritize, if we put the right thing in front and we don't give up and we we don't grow weary at doing good things, we don't stop doing them just because of frustration, because there seems to be nothing happening, nothing taking place. If we'll just keep pressing on, keep on keeping on, keep on going forward, never receding, never falling back, never giving an inch, always trying to press forward, I'm here to tell you. That our God has great things for us. Listen to me. First Corinthians nine twenty four says this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. Only one receives the prize. Okay, so come here, Ronnie. Come here, Mason. Come on, come on, come on, hustle up. Get on. I didn't give him any fair warning. If me and Ronnie and Mason are gonna race from right here to that door, okay, I want you guys to know there ain't no way they're beating this old man. I'm just letting you know, I don't care how fast they think they are, I will trip them both. I will claw, I will do, I will, uh, I will pull their pants down to their ankles, whatever I got to do. Whatever. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. They, they're not beating me to that door. If we go to run, y'all want to see? All right, y'all ready? Okay, so I represent some of y'all. Ronnie, Ronnie represents another third of you, and Mason, he represents another third of you, okay? So, I'm going to do the, well, y'all might need to get ready. <laughs> okay, so, dude, could you open that door so we can run through it, not run through it? Okay, okay, hey, that that whoever's on the corner, they just going to get out their way is all I got to say, what are you t- look, we're trying to cheat, take shortcuts. I'm an old man now. You ready? On your mark, get set, go. I'm some of y'all. I'm some of you. <laughs> some of us stop. Some of you, you because you, don't run, you want to run, but you don't want to run to win the race. You want to be in the race, but you're not running to win the race is he (laughs) i'm sorry mason you still lost anyway (laughs) ronnie knew i wasn't running he's been he's been a part of my schemes before here's the deal some of us are running but we're not running to win some of us we go about halfway and we run with all we've got. You know, you just got saved. You just know Jesus. You man, I just got to get into that thing. Man, I'm to have about. Man, God is amazing. Man, I can't wait. About halfway, things aren't quite going the way you want them. You start to you break down into a jog. You break down into a trot. Somewhere along the end, when it's just just you just about to finish to cross from the finish line, that's when you give up. That's when you stop. You you can't run this thing and think that giving up and stopping has anything to do with it. It's time to tighten up. Now, let me get some tennis shoes on. And I'll take you two young men out in the parking lot and we'll race and I'll win. Anyway, um, because that's who I am. I don't give up. I don't quit. Luke 9.23 says, and he said to them, to all, if anyone would come after me. Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. See, that's one of those priority things you need to tighten up on. We need to tighten up. We don't, we, we've become casual in our relationship with God, we've become haphazard in, 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 in our understanding. Some of us have come become comfortable in our thinking that we already know all there is to know about God. We've gotten complacent in the fact that we know just the limit that we need to trust God to before he'll do what we, he'll, he'll feel the measure for which we want, but he has so much more for you than the measure for what you want. If anyone come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. I was reading this week, kind of the thing that brought all this about. Because I was reading one one of the most, I guess, I guess most popular psalms that most people are gonna know. The twenty-third Psalm. And I was just kind of thinking about when David wrote this and where he was in his life. And the truth was, I felt like that when David wrote this, he was probably in one of those places in his life where, man, he was he was in a war. He was in a battle. He was fixing to get uh, destroyed. He, he was just having to walk in faith, that kind of stuff. I mean, he, that's but most theologians think that David probably wrote this psalm right here maybe closer to the end of his life and maybe even at a place where, you know— uh, where he was, he was maybe thinking about death a little bit more. Maybe thinking about struggles that he had already been through. It kind of had a nostalgic kind of feel to it. The twenty-third Psalm says this right here: "The Lord is my shepherd; shall not want." See, there was probably a time. There was a time in David's life when David was the shepherd. There was a time in his life when he he thought, well, I am the shepherd. I know. But now he's gotten there and he said, you know what? The Lord is my shepherd. He says, and I shall not. Then he, he also leans into the next verse. He says, he maketh me to lie down in green pasture. And he leadeth me beside the steel walls. He maketh. He does it, not me. He does it. He leadeth, not me, he leadeth. He restoreth my soul in my darkest hour, in the place where things, I'm, I, here I am, I've been through all this stuff, and I'm here I'm at the end of my life, and now I'm only realizing, I'm realizing at this place, at the end of my kingship, I've been the king of, 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 of the, of the uh, Israel, Israel nation, I've been the king for all these years, and at the end I'm sitting there saying, I didn't do anything. He did it all. He restored my soul when I was at my weakest moment, when I was at my lowest place, when things didn't seem like they were going to go in any way possible. He did it. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You're trying to do it on your own. Well, all I got to do is just follow the rules. No, you'll never accomplish the word and living by the rules. You'll only be able to live the, through the, with the things that God's asked us to do when you allow him to to lead you in the paths of righteousness. Then he goes this, I love verse 4. "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm in my lowest place. Yea, though I'm in a place where I don't know what's going to happen. It says it goes on. It says I will fear no evil." Now I just felt to myself that David is sitting down and he's writing this at the end of his life and all of a sudden he says <laughs> And even in my age, even even now, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. And he thinks himself, I don't have to fear anything that Satan's bringing my way. I don't have to fear any of the struggles of his life. I don't have to fear anything. Because he goes on to say, for thou art with me, not in myself, not in my own self, not in the, I know what I've been through, but here I am. And I've lived this life and I've been through these things. And now, and now I'm realizing <laughs> it was not me. For thou art with me, I rod and my staff, they comfort me. In verse five, it says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of. Of mine enemies. <laughs> the, the people around you that you think are trying to destroy you, those who have it out for you the most, if you'll run the race as if you're trying to win, he will prepare a table. You know what the table is a symbol of? A place of abundance. <laughs> he will will prepare. Not you. It's not up to you. It's only for you to look to him for your direction. Find the path that he's placed before you. He will prepare a place for you, a table for you in the presence right there. He's going to bless you right in front of your enemies who have been trying to destroy you. He'll do that when you follow after his principles. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. A, a bucket of oil just, just got poured on him, and it's running over to fill his cup, his saucer, and everything around him. His cup, his, his blessing. His, see, this is because this passage, this part of this scripture is coming after the anointing of the, of, of, of the head with the oil, it, it's all talking about this, uh, this spiritual blessing, this blessing of, the, of, of God in him and the strength that comes in them, the, the power that he has to, to walk even in the midst. He said, you know what? I didn't, get, I didn't do anything on my own. He has anointed me. Anointed my head with oil and my cup runneth over." Now at the end, as I was reading this last scripture in this passage, it, it kind of struck me as funny because we don't have to get to where David was at to say this scripture where it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The days of his life were less then when he wrote this. He was, he was at a place where his, his, he was getting closer to the end. He was getting closer to that place. Now, imagine if he would have said this when he was 25. He said, surely, goodness, he, he would have recognized that surely, goodness, and mercy would follow him all the days of his life. See, some of us in here at, at, at 54, about to be, I'm realizing but surely goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life when I run the race to win. I believe that. That's a faith principle. It's something that God has placed in me. But my days now, from 54 to my expiration date, is closer than it was even a week ago. Or, say, when I was 30 if I would have really grabbed the hold of the principle that he anointed my head with oil so much that my cup was going to run over and I would be able to stand up and boldly proclaim. Think about where I would have never, I would have depression would have never came in. Sadness would have never happened. I wouldn't have been concerned or worried about because I would have known that surely goodness and mercy were going to follow me all the days of my life. And I would dwell in the house of the Lord. So we need to lighten up, we need to brighten up, and then there's some thir- things that we need to tighten up, as David did. You don't have to wait till you're his advanced in age. You can do it right now. I want you to stand with me just for a moment. And I've got a song that I'm going to have played. And what I'd like for each of us to do, this is a song that I used to sing many years ago that, uh, it is kind of outside of my ability anymore. And uh, But I, what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes. And in this song and even in Scripture, it points to the fact, even when you've done all you know to do, just stand. How do I run the race? Well, you don't give any ground. You don't give it up. But when you followed every principle, and here's David. <laughs> he, he, he's run his race. He, he's, it, it's not over, but he's getting closer to being over. Surely goodness and mercy. He's not going to retreat. He's not going to give any ground. And he, he just stands. He's not going to give anything else. When you don't know what else to do, just stand. Would you play the song? Close your eyes. Apply this song to your life. Think about it right now. That's not it. There it is. Turn it up a little bit. This morning, we just thank you for your blessings, God. We thank you for the many things that you've done for us, Jesus. You came to this earth and you gave all. Father, we just need strength. We want to stand this morning. Father, we we want to level up. We want to advance the kingdom. We want to go forward, God, In your in your name, God. We don't want to be settled or satisfied or... Or, or, or just feeling like we, we have no purpose or no mission any longer, God. Father, we know that you're able. Help us, Lord, that we run the race, but not only run the race, run the race to win, to look to the finish line, the goal, not the problem, not the, not the obstacle, not the thing that is in front of us that may be trying to hinder us, but let's look to you. Help us to look to you this morning. Thank you, God, for your blessings. We need to lighten up on the things that we can't control and on the things that don't matter and on the things that should have lesser standing in our lives. And then we need to brighten up. We need to celebrate what God has done. Celebrate what God is doing celebrate what he is about to do because he is not finished and then we need to tighten up embrace the things that matter most stand for what matters most teach the things that will advance the kingdom the most first in your family then in your church and finally in this world If there's anyone in this place this morning that would say, Pastor Andy, (laughs) I've been feeling the pressures, I've been feeling the pressure of the season, the things that are headed our way, all the struggles, and you'd like for us to pray for you, would you slip your hand up, no one looking around, every eye closed, I see it, I see it, I see it, you can put it back down. Now this is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for a few moments, and then the praise team is going to begin to sing a song. And when they sing this song, if you if you like special prayer, this when I'd like for you to come down front. And church family, if people do come down front, falling behind them, let's pray for them because no one's alone. No one should be alone. Okay. We praise you, Father. We worship you, God. We thank you for all that you have done, God. We know with an excitement that you're about to bust things loose. You're about to produce things, God, that this world will not be able to take credit for or receive glory for, that you'll be the only one that'll be able to be looked at and seen as the author and finisher of faith, the one who is bringing all things about to a conclusion. God, you're blessing our lives. You're not finished. You're not done with us. And, Father, I ask, God, that you just help us to run the race this morning. Each and every person in their in their in their struggle, the thing that they're dealing with. Father, help them to look to the finish line, that they'll see you standing there. <laughs> that they'll see you standing, uh, God, at at that at, at the finish line, waiting for them to, to finish the race, to continue to run towards you, Father. Father, keep keep our eyes off the obstacles, keep our eyes off of the struggles, off the things that this world would try to put upon us. And in this season, Father, help us to celebrate. Father, the thing that matters the most to us, the fact that your son came and he arrived on this planet and he paid a price for us with his life so that we may be restored and brought back in to right relationship with you. Father, help us to celebrate that in every way. Father, help us to look at every present, every gift, every, every tree, every light, and just remember what, what bright, beautiful thing it is that you've brought into our lives. I thank you, God, for what you're doing. And I give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus. If you need prayer this morning, you'd like somebody to pray, well, just come on down.